What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins. Today is Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. And today we are setting the table for the Green Bay Packers. Everything you need to know about this Packers team and how they match up against your Miami Dolphins. You are locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. We do not just say it, we live it. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? And this is the game for you. Download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKED ON, all caps, in the game. If you're unfamiliar with Locked On Dolphins, welcome to the show. Uh, I am lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co founder of the Draft Network, host on the show, Kyle Krabs. And uh, we are switching gears going from week 14 to week or week 15 to week 16. Uh, there, there's not a lot of productive. Talk to be had about the Dolphins. We obviously had an extra day to process the game against Buffalo and the performance and Miami having a, a strong bounce back um, in a number of different ways and finding some counter punches to things defenses have been doing to them lately. But it, it's it's no longer separation season. You talk about the NFL season and you have like the early month and then the middle two months are kind of separation season. Who can separate themselves from the pack? But don't start if you can't finish, right? And that's where the Dolphins are at right now. They took advantage of separation season with a five-game winning streak to move from three and three to eight and three. Well, separation's gone now, right? Like, you are a game in front of both of your remaining AFC East opponents. Those are the two teams that are your most legitimate threats into the playoff race. The nice thing for Miami in week 16 is they're going to know all the results coming into this game. So they're going to know the magnitude of the opportunity, never mind the fact that we're getting ready to play the Green Bay Packers and go play the Packers. The Jets play tomorrow night, and the Patriots play on Saturday. So we'll know where the Dolphins stand as far as blood in the water. And if both of those teams drop, for Miami, it's very simple. You win your next two games, clinch a playoff spot before you even get to week 18 in, in Hard Rock Stadium. So with the Packers being the team that is coming up on the horizon, thought it would be good for us to kind of touch base on Green Bay and who they are as a football team. You know, this, this has been a team that uh, historically under Matt LaFleur has been a lock for 13 wins. Matt LaFleur won 13 games in each of his first three seasons as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. They're not going to get 13. The, the most they'll get is nine. And hopefully the most they'll get is eight when they play the Dolphins. Uh, this is a team that I think you can look at some of the performances that they have had across the season. And you can find a lot of inspiration for how these will be favorable matchups for the Dolphins. Reviewing their six wins to this point in the season. The Chicago Bears in week two. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers by two points in week three. Uh, the New England Patriots in week four, that overtime game, the Bailey's happy game. That put the Packers at three and one. 
in the time that has passed since, they are three and seven across their last 10 games. Overtime win against Dallas, home win, win at Chicago, and then a win on Monday Night Football last week, home against the LA Rams. So if you just look at the quality of wins that the Packers have, it's not a very strong resume. The overtime win against Dallas is, is kind of their marquee victory. And probably their second best win right now in this season is an overtime win against the Patriots at home. They are a team that has really struggled and, and they found some life uh, in the passing game, but they are a team largely that when they have gotten things going offensively, it's because they've been able to get the ground game going. They have a surprising number of 200-yard rushing performances this season. They rushed for 203 against the Bears the first time they played the Bears and won by 17 points. They rushed for 199 against the Patriots and won in overtime. They rushed for 208 against the Bills. They lost that game, but they did keep it close when it looked like they were going to get boat raced. And then they ran for 207 against the Cowboys. In the last three weeks, they, they lost to the Eagles by seven points. They rushed for 106. Then they rushed for 175 against the Bears. Then they rushed for 138 against the Rams. Total offense is not really their strength. And one thing that they the Packers have been very streaky with this season is turnovers. They're 23rd in the NFL in turnovers. And as far as total offense, they're 15th in the pack from a yardage perspective. And they're 20th in the NFL in scoring offense. So Aaron Rodgers, the association has always been, well, he won MVP the last two years. So rightfully so. The association is, well, they're potent offense. They're going to score a lot of points. They were greatly hurt by the Devontae Adams trade. It has left them searching for answers for who can be the guy. Uh, their leading receivers right now are Alan Lazard and Christian Watson. Those are big-bodied types on the outside. Um, both of those guys most frequently win vertically down the field. Randall Cobb and Robert Tunyon um, as middle-of-the-field type receivers. Romeo Dobbs uh, is another rookie, so they have two rookies in their top five in receiving yardage. I think that lack of experience is a, a talking point for the Dolphins to really dial in on and try and take advantage of. The offense runs through the two backs. It runs through Aaron Jones and it runs through A.J. Dillon. Those guys have a combined 2,100 yards of offense and 12 touchdowns this season. Those are the guys. And, and I think you can look at what Miami has done this season against teams that are a little bit more traditional with their run games, a.k.a. They, they don't have the quarterback element. And they've been a much more consistent stopping the run. And like, make no mistake, Aaron's ran 23 times for 64 yards, 2.8 yards per carry this season. Once upon a time, Aaron was a real pain in the butt as an athlete. Um, but he's largely throwing from the pocket or rolling the pocket, getting outside the pocket, but moving to throw, not to run. So Miami against a team like New England early in the season, right? I don't think that necessarily um, the Bears is a, a fair measuring stick because Justin Fields ran for all the yards in that game, but um, they held the Patriots the first time they played to 78 yards rushing. The Ravens, they held them to 155, and more than half of those came on one Lamar Jackson run. Right, 252 that they gave up to the Bears, and Justin Fields put 180 of those up on the board. The Bills... Um, they gave up 150 rushing, and more than a third of that came on one Josh Allen run. Case in point. Well, not more than a third. Draft dudes do math. Kyle does math here on the show. 
44-yard run. So approximately a third of that came on, on one run. Without having that threat, I think you can find a little bit more peace of mind that the Dolphins are going to be of the kind of success that they had against Detroit, 82 yards rushing. Now, it's a good offensive line. It's a better offensive line than what the Packers are rolling out by far. 78 to the Vikings. And oh, by the way, 54 of those came on a Dalvin Cook touchdown in the final five minutes to ice the game because you jumped out of gaps because you were trying to make something happen and not playing the actual defense. 67 to the Bengals. 78 to the Patriots. 36 to the Texans. Uh, 82 to the Chargers. Like That's the kind of expectation I look at for the Dolphins, and it, it's been explosive plays in the run game, and, and usually it's been an athletic quarterback that pops you. I think with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, well, they're tough to tackle for different reasons. They're very different stylistic players, but if I'm the Dolphins, my personnel groupings are dictated on whether it's Jones or if it's Dillon. If it's Dillon, Elaine and Roberts is in the game. Uh, and, and if it's Jones, I'm probably leaning probably a little bit more away from Aaron Rodgers or, or from Elena Roberts, depending on like the down and distance situations as well. So uh, just something the Dolphins will do that I, I think the Packers, they found success and they, they found an ability to move the football and kind of stabilize. They're in a two game winning streak right now. Their, their playoff hopes are on life support. They dropped the four and eight and then they beat the Bears and the Rams, but they beat the Bears and the Rams. Like, I look at this Packers team and I see a lot of favorable matchups and, and we'll continue talking about the Packers, but not before. I'll tell you about our friends over at Pro Football GM. Ultimate Football GM is the ultimate GM experience for anybody who's a football fan. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own franchise, this game makes your dream come true. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, free agency, navigating your franchise through the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline play on the go as you want and when you want to. Very, like, I'm hooked. I'm on my second 25-year. You get... Um, one of the, the legends experiences you, you get 25 years to build a team from the ground up and have as much success as you possibly can. And then it gives you score at the end of that. And I'm on second one of those just to give you some, some idea. Now, if the dolphins hadn't been in the midst of a three game losing streak, I probably would have been obsessing a little bit more over the dolphins and not dropping time into the game to distract myself from the three game losing streak. So uh, hopefully we can be a little bit more balanced between Dolphins football content and ultimate football GM content moving forward. But Locked On Dolphins listeners can get a 100% free boost on their franchise when they use promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On all caps. So make sure to check it out today. Download the game ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. That is ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a new slate of football podcasts that we know you are absolutely going to love, and that's why you're able to find an episode from The League available as a bonus episode on Locked on NFL. Narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks, The League is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, 
pro football. Our bonus episode is called The Way of the Cowboy. It is an incredible story of how the 1977 Dallas Cowboys brought in Bruce Lee's protege to teach them defensive martial arts, ushering in a new approach to the way the league was trained. Each story offers equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. So head over to Locked On NFL for a bonus episode of the league or catch the full series wherever you get your podcasts available. Now, Audible, get in the game. So the Packers, um, we have, of course, have crossover Thursday tomorrow uh, with Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers, and we'll talk about this matchup. But as I look at the resume that the Packers have built to this point in the season, they're at Miami, and then they're home for their final two games against teams above them in the NFC North standings, the Vikings and the Lions. You are sure to get a desperate Packers team, so I'm sure that there will be some urgency. But looking across the metrics, Green Bay, 15th in the NFL in third down percentage offensively, 29th in the NFL in fourth down percentage offensively, 20th in the NFL in red zone percentage offensively. Aaron Rodgers has double-digit interceptions for the first time since uh, 2010. And for the third time in his NFL career, double-digit interceptions. Uh, so that 2.2% interception ratio is abnormally high for Aaron's standards. Also uh, abnormally low for Aaron's standards is his passer rating and his QBR. His QBR of 40 is the lowest of his entire NFL career. And his pass rating of 92.3 is the lowest of his NFL career. From an efficiency standpoint, this Packers offense is not particularly efficient. I think no measure better indicates the lack of efficiency in the passing game the Packers have this year versus their previous standard than adjusted net yards per attempt. If you're not familiar with adjusted net yards per attempt, it is one of my favorite measures of efficiency in NFL passing games and is defined by pro football reference as such. Passing yards minus sack yards. Adjusted for passing touchdowns, adjusted for interceptions, divided by passes attempt, plus times sack. So all of your dropbacks, your efficiency in the yardage that you net, and scores and turnovers that you net, divided by all of your dropbacks. The last two years, Aaron Rodgers' MVP seasons, Aaron posted an 8.89 and an 8.00. This season, that number is 6.03. So it is down 25 for their passing efficiency on a per dropback basis is down 25% from what it was previously. Case in point, Tua Tungvaloa this season, his adjusted net yards per attempt across 375 attempts, not total dropbacks, but attempts, uh, is 8.49. So Aaron Rodgers' last two MVP seasons, Tua Tungvaloa on a Yards, efficiency of yards per dropback perspective is right smack dab in the middle of those two MVP seasons for Rodgers. And, and two of his first two seasons were 5.4 and 5.8. So worse than the, the season that, that Green Bay is having right now with Aaron Rodgers. So two of obviously making a, a significant jump in productivity, but this episode is not about two of this episode is about the Packers. Green Bay, um, This game, there's a game script which this goes favorably, and there's a game script in which this gets very stressful in my mind. 
the stressful game plan is you have a turnover early. The Packers put 10 points on the board in the first 15 minutes and you have to chase the game in a perfect world. This is much more of the Dolphins early score. Dolphins get a stop. If you get up two scores on the Packers, I think this game becomes very one-dimensional and you, it runs the risk of, of unfolding in the way in which the Buffalo game unfolded when the Bills played the Packers. And I ironically was at that game for the, with the Draft Network. Um, so that was in Buffalo. Buffalo scored the first 14 points of the game. Green Bay scores. And then the Bills in the final two minutes of the first half put another 10 points on the board between a touchdown and a last second field goal. They dominated statistically as far as offensive production. Green Bay had no rhythm or flow. And Green Bay eventually picked up in the second half the running game to move the ball because it was a 17-point game. And that was how they got themselves to a pretty impressive yardage on the ground, but it was running clock, and they still only managed to scratch out 10 points. I think that's the biggest thing for Green Bay is, is the scoring efficiency. I mean, the Packers are down. We, we mentioned they're 20th in the league in scoring offense. They have 287 points a lot scored this season. It's not a particularly impressive number. Now, they have found it over the last month. They put 31 in overtime against the Cowboys. 17 on the Titans, 33 on the Eagles, 28 on the Bears, 24 on the Rams. So they scored 17 against the Bills. They scored 10 against the Jets. They scored 14 against the Bucks. They scored seven against the Vikings. They scored nine against the Lions. They've had just as many stinkers offensively as they have had uh, winning performances. This is a defense that has is currently very much thriving off turnovers. Uh, they have a, at least one turnover in eight consecutive games. That'll be a big talking point for the Dolphins. Protect the football. Set yourself up for success. Um, but defensively, even amidst this three and two stretch, I think that's where I really dial in and I say I am even more optimistic now than what we were at the beginning of the season when we did the record prediction. I predicted the Dolphins to win this game. Let's not forget, I believe the Dolphins to, to finish 11 and 6 and make the postseason still in play. And I'm pretty sure I had them at 8 and 6 or 9 and either 8 and 6 or 9 and 5 to this point in the season. So they are on schedule with preseason expectations. The Packers, defensively, 421 yards allowed against the Dallas Cowboys, 408 yards allowed against the Tennessee Titans, 500 yards allowed against the Philadelphia Eagles, 409 yards allowed against the Chicago Bears. Then they had the bye week. They came out and they played the Rams with Baker Mayfield, who'd been on the team for about 10 days, and it was 156. So credit for holding the Rams to 156 yards, but I've seen what that offensive line looks like. I see what those wide receivers look like without Cooper Cup. Baker Mayfield's throwing a go-shell go behind a go-shell in offensive line. Your expectation, if you are the Dolphins, is that you put up 400-plus yards of offense. And they've done that against the Ravens. They did it against the Vikings with a backup quarterback. They did that against the Lions. They did that against the Browns. 
They did it against the Bills. As we said, the, the Dolphins' performance against the Bills was the uh, second best offensive performance any team has had against the Bills this season in Buffalo. Keep that energy, right? And now you're back at home. And the Dolphins, of course, this season, um, one loss at home all year long. It was the Vikings with your third-string quarterback. So you feel really good about a lot of layers about this game. You have to go out and execute. I hope that this team, you know, Bradley Chubb, oh, you know what? I'm going to talk about Bradley Chubb in just a second. This holiday, find what you love, a total wine and more with so many great bottles to choose from. It's easy to find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide. And all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. Love what you find only at Total Wine and more curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Please drink responsibly. B21. Bradley Chubb went on the Voncast. I don't know if you guys have seen this or not. Yesterday, Tuesday. The Voncast is Von Miller's Bleacher Report exclusive podcast. And they talked about a lot. They talked about the game in Buffalo. They talked about the performance of Tua. They talked about Bradley Chubb's experience getting traded to Miami. They talked about Bradley Chubb's experiences in Denver and what he experienced there and what he's trying to bring here. And Brad talked a lot about, you know, they had unfinished business in Denver. No, they were a part of what was a rebuilding team uh, and then transitioning to a team that's ready to win now. And he said he, f- he felt like it was there, there was a lack of fulfillment from being able to finish in Denver that he doesn't want to have in Miami. And he said this is a really young, hungry, hungry team. And it's pretty cool hearing both Brad and, and Von Miller go back and forth about this Dolphins team. And uh, Von was very complimentary of the talent that the Dolphins have assembled and who the players are and what they're capable of. And, oh, these are the opportunities that you as a team, you can either rise up to or you can let be bigger than you. And I think the fact that the Dolphins, in spite of losing the two previous games in California, rose up for that moment, I think they'll be ready for this moment. I really think, you know, it seems as though Mike McDaniel's message has been hitting home all season. Bradley Chubb said that McDaniel is probably the loosest person in the building uh, amidst the three-game losing streak and the confidence that he exudes. And one thing that I believe about this young Dolphins team, as we've seen them progress throughout the course of the season, they are a very um, interesting case study in sports psychology and self-efficacy, which is belief in yourself to do something. And and just the peaks that we've gotten through the window from the players and the coaches talking about guys doing more than they should have because they're pressing and trusting in the scheme and getting back on schedule and believing in things by executing it and having to, to experience it and embracing it when you do. It's really, really interesting, and it's a nice reminder that these these guys are human beings first and foremost. Um, they are not football robots, right? But hearing the vibe coming out of the game, knowing the magnitude of what is ahead, but knowing that you are still in control of everything that happens from here, I think this team is in a good place to apply the lessons of the last month and come back and perform at a high level. 
And if you look at the talent of the Green Bay Packers and contrast that to the talent of the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins are at home. The Miami Dolphins are more talented across the board. They are statistically a team that matches up well with the Packers. The Packers being a team whose strength offensively right now is rooted directly in contrast to the thing that the Dolphins are the best at. And we've seen several best-on-best matchups this season, including the Browns. Nick Chubb popped one long run, but the Dolphins held the Browns to 112 yards rushing and the Patriots to 78 and the Bengals to 67 and the Vikings to 78 and the Steelers to 95. Like the list goes on and on and on. There's all these teams that, that have the ability to run the ball and the Dolphins, if you can't threaten them in other ways and have multi multifaceted layers to it, the Dolphins have shown well in this regard all season long. So I put that all to, all that together, and I still feel good about uh, the preseason prediction uh, that the Dolphins are going to win this game. We'll talk with, with Peter Bukowski about it tomorrow on Crossover Thursday, so you can look forward to that and learn more about some of the in-the-weeds with what's happening with the Packers here and now. We'll get you guys ready for, for game day, Christmas Day. The Dolphins will be playing the Packers early. That game is at 1 o'clock. Thank goodness. Um because I, I was about ready to play the Packers game five minutes after the Bills game was over. I really just want to know how this season ends, and I'm very eager to find that out. And we'll find that all, all together. Make sure you hit subscribe here on the podcast. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your Wednesday. Talk to you all again tomorrow.